0: Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. Welcome to the Xin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by China. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Xin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Xin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. After a two-week break, we are back in the studio, and as you can well imagine, much critical news to catch up on from China's business world. It's been a big week for Airbnb. We'll be hearing how the company has decided to end its stay in the world's second largest market. Things are also looking hectic for almost 200 Chinese companies who could soon be kicked off American exchanges as an audit dispute drags on. Plus, we'll be hearing how China is trying to keep business afloat amid COVID outbreaks. With nothing but the top stories from the Asian giant that is China, here is what you need to know speculation continues to brew on whether or not the U.S. will withdraw some tariffs on Chinese imports. In a recent interview with Bloomberg Television, U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai said that all options remain on the table. As she put it, quote, with respect to the tariffs, our approach, as with everything in this relationship, is to be strategic, unquote. Tai added, quote, we have to keep our eye on the ball in terms of how to effectively realign the u s. trade and economic relationship. unquote the u s. trade chief did not offer any timetable for Washington making the decision on the matter in early May. President Joe Biden said that he was open to dropping some tariffs on Chinese imports in a bid to help control rising consumer prices in the United States. Moving on to some other big sino u s news close to 200 U.S.-listed Chinese companies could be at risk of delisting. That's if the accounting watchdog overseen by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission cannot complete audit inspections and investigations into these firms by early November. In a speech last week, Y.J. Fisher, director at the SEC's Office of International Affairs, said that this timetable would give American regulators enough time to determine whether a company complies with its audit requirements by a year-end deadline. Companies deemed non-compliant could face delisting from U.S. stock exchanges as soon as early 2023 when they file their latest annual report. As Fisher put it, time is running out for resolving audit issues involving China, Big names like Alibaba and Baidu are among the companies caught up in the long-running audit dispute between regulators in the world's two biggest economies. Chinese authorities have refused to directly open auditors' books to the American regulators on the grounds of state-secret and national security concerns. Meanwhile, Washington believes that investors are being put at risk from accounting scandals involving U.S.-listed Chinese companies. Things are looking up for the troubled coffee giant Luckin. China's answer to Starbucks made its first ever operating profit in the first quarter, it says. Luckin earned 19.8 million yuan, or $3 million in net profits in the period, thereby reversing a loss of almost 233 million yuan a year earlier. Its revenue soared almost 90% year-on-year to 2.4 billion yuan, that's according to a quarterly earnings report released last week. Operating profit reached 16 million yen, reversing a loss of 364 million yen in the same period last year. The news comes roughly two years after the company delisted from the Nasdaq exchange for faking hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue. In big international business news, Airbnb is closing its China business operations. A source close to the matter told Bloomberg that the American company will cease providing both rental homes and experiences in the Asian nation over the summer. As rental bookings in China only represent 1% of Airbnb's revenue, the enterprise says it will instead concentrate on the country's outbound tourism. In fact, the same source also said that Airbnb will maintain an office in China as it is optimistic that outbound tourism will take off once COVID controls The San Francisco-based company kicked off its China operations roughly six years ago, but the pandemic severely dampened Airbnb's business performance in the world's second-largest economy. Sticking to its so-called dynamic zero-COVID policy, the Chinese government has turned to stringent measures to contain virus outbreaks. These include putting cities under lockdown for weeks on end, as well as discouraging domestic travel, all of which has appeared to take a toll on Airbnb's China operations. And speaking of the business costs of COVID curbs, there's news on the latest steps taken by the Chinese government to support industries crippled by virus lockdowns. The state has begun to hand out subsidies to airlines and consumers buying durable goods such as cars and electronics. The news comes after more modest stimulus efforts fail to shore up the economy in the face of strict lockdowns that have slowed business activity in many regions to a crawl. Airlines will receive compensation of as much as 24,000 yuan, or nearly $3,600 per flying hour in weeks where they lose money, and their average passenger flights are less than 75% full. According to an official statement, the industry-wide subsidy program will be effective as long as the average daily number of domestic passenger flights doesn't exceed 4,500 in a week, and some other conditions are met. Local governments are also ramping up subsidies to boost consumer spending. Shenzhen issued a series of measures last week to subsidize purchases of new energy vehicles, electronics, home appliances, and tourism, as well as other services. China's economy is facing mounting downward pressure as pandemic measures have slowed economic activity and threatened the survival of businesses in the second quarter. In other COVID-related news, China's immigration office has continued to discourage its citizens from traveling overseas, citing contagion concerns. The National Immigration Administration advised citizens not to leave the country for sightseeing or visiting friends and family. The immigration authorities say they will process documents in a timely manner under certain circumstances for those who need to go abroad for medical treatment, business purposes, and academic purposes. Necessary overseas travel also includes those who need to look after severely sick people help take care of seniors, children, or pregnant women, and attend relatives' weddings, graduations, and family reunions. Under the zero-COVID policy, China has been tightly restricting both inbound and outbound international air travel since early 2020. And finally, things got a little hectic in Davos. That's after a U.S. congressman referred to a photo taken at the World Economic Forum to impugn China's stance on the war in Ukraine. It all started when, during a live-streamed interview with CNN, Michael McCall made a reference to a photo that was taken just as Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky made a televised speech at the annual forum's opening in the Swiss ski resort. McCall criticized the Chinese delegation for not standing up during an ovation for the Ukrainian president's speech, accusing the delegation of instead walking out of the room. That CNN report promptly went viral. That CNN report promptly went viral. However, by comparing photos, Tsai Xin later determined that the figures in the photo shown on CNN were actually members of the delegation led by Vietnam's Deputy Prime Minister Lê Minh Hải. A person close to the group confirmed their identities to Tsai Xin. The Vietnamese Deputy Prime Minister did not immediately respond to Tsai Xin's question on the matter. In the meantime, the Chinese delegation rebutted Michael in the meantime, the Chinese delegation rebutted McCall's accusation through official media. A source from the Chinese team says that the exact same time that President Zelensky was giving his virtual speech, the Chinese delegation was in a closed-door meeting with the International Energy Agency, where the two sides discussed the global energy transition and China's green push. Let's turn now to Tyson Global's podcast producer, Nandini Venkata, whose voice, of course, you know not only from this show, which she co-produces, but from China Stories, where we look forward to her readings of Tyson Global pieces each week. Nandini, welcome back.
0: Hi, Kaiser. Thank you for having me back.
1: My pleasure. So what is your big story for the week?
0: Yeah, so, well, this week I didn't actually pick a real business story. I picked something that's more of a human story. Um, and it's all about how after roughly two months of a strict lockdown, how Shanghai has started to slowly open up step by step. Um, Cezanne has come across all these uh, stories of people who are eager to get out of the city. Some of them are people who are just moving on with travel plans that they had um, to suddenly put on hold when, of course, Shanghai went into lockdown for weeks on end. And then there are those who are just eager to reunite with family members after the whole ordeal, or others who are heading to other parts of the country in search of work.
1: Okay, yeah. And it seems like some people have turned to some pretty desperate measures to make it out of Shanghai. Is that the case?
0: Yeah, correct. Um, It does definitely seem like people are going through extraordinary lengths um, to make these journeys. Um, And there's a lot of reasons why it is just so difficult to make the journey. Uh, For one, um, there are virus controls on how many train seats are available. So the competition to get those which are up for grabs is, you know, really sky high. So tickets sell out really fast. On top of that, public transport in Shanghai hasn't fully resumed as normal. So this makes it really difficult to reach train stations and airports. And session um, did come across some people who had gone through really extraordinary lengths to reach um, Shanghai's Hongqiao Railway Station. Uh, among those people was a university student called Pan Ziying She had been trying to get to her hometown, which is Nanjing. And Pan said how her experience of the lockdown in Shanghai was a nightmare for her. Um, she spoke about being stuck um, in her university dormitory where she spent the past two months living off boxed meals that were brought to her by volunteers so in order to get to Shanghai Hongqiao station um, she and some other passengers were left with little choice but to hire an unlicensed driver to take them there And they paid the equivalent of 165 US dollars, and that is far more than what you would usually pay under normal circumstances.
1: Unfortunately for Pan and other travelers, the problem isn't just about getting to the railway station, right? Uh, But about catching your train on time too as well, yeah?
0: Yeah, Kaiser, that's correct. Um, So when people do arrive, when these travelers do get to the station, they have discovered really long queues, um, sometimes stretching on for almost two kilometres. And that's because uh, in order to get into the station, you have to have a recent COVID test result checked. Um, And if your COVID test result expires, well, then too bad. That means you are not allowed to enter the station and you can't get on your train. Um, And of course, some people haven't um, bargained for these long queues. Um, and that means that, um, you know, while, while they're queuing up, unfortunately, their train departs and they've missed it. And Saishin did report on one guy who fell into this category. His name was Joe. Um, he said he hadn't planned ahead for those really long queues. So after missing his train, he was taken to a makeshift uh, facility that was converted from a parking lot. Where no beds were available, at least he did manage to find some sleep in that makeshift facility.
1: Well, I suppose that's better than nothing. Anyway, thanks, Nandini, and we look forward to hearing more from you soon.
0: Thanks, Kaiser. Speak to you soon.
1: And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Tyson Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata with stories from the staff of Tyson Global. Special thanks to Lee Sin of Tsysyn Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. Check out some of the other great podcasts on the Sinica Network, like the amazing China in Africa podcast and China Corner Office. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to SubChina Access for our daily newsletter. Find us at subchina.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.